Welcome to That You May Grow Thereby, a work of the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ. We are located at 18 Scott Drive in Florence, Kentucky. Our phone number is 859-371-2095. You can also visit us at www.nkcofc.com. And now, that you may grow thereby. Thank you for listening to That You May Grow Thereby. I am Greg Littmer. I am one of the elders of the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ, and I'm happy to have this opportunity to speak to you today. In the field of sports, there is an expression that goes like this, putting on your game face. What that means is that a person becomes prepared to play mentally. It is focusing your attention, concentrating on the task at hand so that you can go out and perform at your highest possible level. Other thoughts and other concerns are set aside. Everything centers upon the game. I have found an interesting parallel to that in the life of a Christian, and I have entitled this particular episode, Putting on Your Game Face. Let's go to Colossians chapter 3, and for this episode we'll be reading from the King James Version, and begin by reading verses 1 through 9 of Colossians 3. Paul wrote, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall you also appear with him in glory. Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. For which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience, in the which you also walked some time when you lived in them. But now ye also put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not to one another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds. In the first nine verses of Colossians chapter 3, the stage is set for a discussion of the attributes a Christian needs in his contest of life. And we are in very good company when we compare the life of a Christian to an athletic context, because that is exactly what Paul did in 1 Corinthians 9, 24-26. He wrote these words, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize? So run that you may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air. The first four verses of Colossians chapter 3 indicate the need for a Christian to have a goal, a point upon which to focus. Since we die with Christ when we are baptized into his death and become dead to sin, we also rise with him to walk in newness of life, a spiritual life. That being true, then our affections and our desires are to be set upon those things which are above, upon heavenly things. That is, we should so live our lives as to seek those things, We should so run as to obtain those things. We should so strive as to secure them. 
Then as we moved on in Colossians chapter 3, we found in the next five verses that in order to do that, we're going to have to set aside those things which before occupied our minds and were objects of our desires and affections. All of those sinful actions, activities and attitudes and thoughts that characterize the non-Christian must be set aside. They must be put off in order that we might focus upon the task at hand. I guess you could say, in order that we might put on our game face. When a Christian puts on his or her game face and becomes truly serious and sincerely focused about the task at hand, then just like an athlete, there are going to be certain attributes that characterize them. That takes us to Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 and 15. Paul wrote, Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye were called in one body, and be ye thankful. In keeping with this analogy, those who are Christians have made the team. We are described as the elect of God, holy and beloved. The original word of elect means picked out, chosen. Well, just as with an athletic team, its members are picked out or chosen, not at random, but for a particular reason. So too, God does not pick out or choose at random. There is a reason for the choice that he makes. He chooses or elects all those who obey him. As a team member, so to speak, the Christian is consecrated to God, and the recipient of his boundless love and blessings. Once one becomes a Christian, it is time to put on his game face. It is time to focus, and as the Hebrew writer put it in Hebrews 12:1, run with patience the race that is set before us. In putting on the game face, we will be putting on certain characteristics. Paul spoke, first of all, of the heart of compassion. Brethren, so many times we talk about these things which should characterize a Christian, but we don't really talk about why. Why have compassion? Why put on bowels of mercies? Well, look at me at Luke chapter 6, verses 32 through 36. Luke chapter 6, verses 32 through 36. For if you love them which love you, what thanks have ye? For sinners also love them that love them. And if you do good to them which do good to you, what thanks have ye? For sinners also do even the same. And if you lend to them of whom you hope to receive, what thanks have ye? For sinners also lend to sinners to receive as much again. But love ye your enemies, and do good, and lend, hoping for nothing again. And your reward shall be great, and ye shall be the children of the highest. For he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. Be ye therefore merciful, as your Father also is merciful. We are to strive to be like our God, and our God is a God of compassion. Without compassion, my friends, we're not even in the game. And indeed, compassion put into practice attests to the reality and the worth of our belief. James wrote in James 1 and verse 27, Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction, and to keep himself unspotted from the world. Paul spoke also of putting on kindness, which Vine tells us means goodness of heart. 
In the life of an athlete, he or she must possess certain characteristics or they can't be a successful athlete. A basketball player must have quickness. A baseball player, good hand-eye coordination. A runner must have speed and endurance. In the same way, a Christian must have kindness, a goodness of heart. Generally speaking, this relates to how we deal with other people. Without kindness, we will find ourselves surrounded by ill will and bad feelings. We will be adrift in a sea of acrimony, and we will be the cause of it. Closely allied with kindness is humility. The reason it is so closely aligned with kindness is that it takes an unselfish view of our personal interests. If the one we think the most about is ourselves, then we will not be kind and we won't even be in the game. Think about it, my friends. In a team sport, one of the things a coach will constantly emphasize is the need to work together, teamwork, as being an essential key to success. Many teams that did not have the best athletes have won because they were unselfish. They worked together. That is the way it is in the race we run as a Christian. If the only people we think about, even if the number one person we think about is ourselves, then nothing will ever get done. There will be no evangelistic work because other people are not our primary concern. The worship will be lifeless and without enthusiasm because we are not really considering one another to provoke unto love and to good works, as we see in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 24. Humility, meekness, concern for others first, these things certainly characterized our Lord. Remember his great invitation recorded in Matthew 11 verses 28 through 30, when Jesus so beautifully stated, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. How about long-suffering? I think of a pitcher on a team, or a quarterback. A pitcher is out there hitting his, just pitching his heart out. The game is close, he's got two outs and a man on third, and the batter hits a routine ground ball to the shortstop, The shortstop feels the ball cleanly, sets, and promptly throws the ball 10 feet over the first baseman's head. How many times does something like that happen? Or a quarterback drops back, throws a beautiful pass into the outstretched arms of a wide receiver who has three feet on the defender, nothing but open field before him, and he drops the ball. A good pitcher shakes it off, tells the shortstop he'll get it next time. A good quarterback knows that there were times the receiver caught a pass that he had not thrown so very well. In the race we run as Christians, we have to be long-suffering to one another. We all make mistakes. We all fall short, especially so many times in the things that we might say or do to one another. We have got to shake those little slights and injuries off and stay in the game. Stay focused and concentrating on the goal which is, according to Philippians chapter 3 and verse 14, to win the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Long-suffering is also called a fruit of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22, and it is bountifully displayed in the life of our Lord. Going right along with this is forbearing one another and forgiving one another. You can't have friction on a team and win. Sometimes it even gets to the point where the fellow causing friction on the team has to be cut or traded because a team can't exist successfully with friction. But a willingness to forbear and forgive brings success. 
think of some of the things that these attributes imply. Sometimes it means that we're going to have to suffer a wrong rather than fight it out. Think of Paul's words from 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 7. Now therefore there is utterly a fault among you because you go to law one with another. Why do you not rather take the wrong? Why do you not rather suffer yourselves to be defrauded? Sometimes we will have to go for or forego a personal liberty to help someone else. Remember 1 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 13? Wherefore, if meat makes my brother to offend, I will eat no flesh while the world stands, lest I make my brother to offend. Sometimes it just means that I'm going to have to put up with some things just because it is good for others. Paul wrote in Romans chapter 15 verses 1 and 2, We then, that are strong, ought to bear the infirmity of the weak, and not to please ourselves. Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification. Why be forbearing and forgiving? Paul tells us, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And certainly no Christian will have completely put on his or her game face. Actually, they will not even have started if they do not begin with love. Paul calls it the bond of perfectness. It is what holds all these other attributes together. Without it, we are nothing, both to God and to the world. In John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35, Jesus said that it was this attribute that would demonstrate to the world who we are. He said, A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this all men will know that you are my disciples, if you have love one to another. My friends, in sports I have seen teams that really had no business being on the same field or court with another team win, and they did so because they were focused, concentrating, possessing all of the inward attributes necessary for success. Maybe as the world would look at us, we would not be that impressive. Most of us are not which. We certainly don't meet in the most elaborate building. Most of us don't have mega jobs, we just work. We don't live in the biggest or the fanciest houses, but then again, this is not our home. If we put on our game face, we can and will win. When we approach the end of our time here on earth, we will be able to say as Paul did in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 6-8, through 8, For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course, I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love is appearing. I hope this was good for you and beneficial, and thanks for listening.